ladies and gents, it only makes sense to listen to Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pameta. Episode 10. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. So if you listened to last week's episode, I suspect you might have an inkling about what we're going to delve into this week. We're getting into part two of our talk about working with spirit guides. I feel like I need some appropriately mystical spirit type music here. Now, where did I put my theremin? Anyway, if you did listen to last week's episode, you know that Aaron from Houston submitted the question, what is a spirit guide and how do I find and connect with one? And last week, we talked about the different forms that spirit guides can take and how spirit guides can reach out and connect with us. If you haven't listened to episode nine yet, I really recommend going back and listening to that one before you listen to this one so that you're completely up to speed. So for today's episode, we're going to get an even deeper understanding of working with spirit guides. This is the advanced stuff. Yep, you're going to go to Spirit Guide University. We're going to talk about the situations in your life where connecting with your guides might be helpful, the two rules you need to implement before you reach out for any spirit contact, and a whole bunch of amazing ways that you can connect to your spirit guides. I mean, for those of you who love the idea of frolicking in the spirit world, this episode is going to be juicy. So let's recap a little bit about last week's episode. We looked at who your spirit guides could be. Gods, goddesses, angels, saints, ascended masters, ancestors, people from the past who are not related to you, animals, nature spirits, mythological beings, or light beings. We also looked at possible ways that spirit guides reach out to us, repeating numbers, symbols, songs, words, dreams, visions, helpful people, and synchronicities. And we talked about trusting your gut when working with a spirit guide. If you are attracted to working with a certain guide or type of guide, there is a definite mutual attraction and you can ask that guide to assist you. But you can also do it another way and present your problem out into the spirit realm and ask for the best and highest vibration guide to come forward. So whether you are pinpointing the guide you'd like to work with or focusing on finding the best guide for the job, you've determined who it is that you would like to work with. Now, once you've determined who you're interested in contacting, the next step is to reach out to those spirit guides. I'm going to tell you some of the reasons you may want to connect to spirits and then give you a couple of guidelines for working with them and then several great ways to open up that channel. So first, why would you want to connect to your guides? Well, you may want information. Our guides may have access to information that we don't have access to. Connecting to your guides can be a way to get answers about the past, the future, places far away, finding out what's going on with another person, 
or a shortcut to connecting to your Akashic records. Next, you may want your guides to assist you in some endeavor. Asking for guides to help with certain projects or problems on a spiritual level can be another reason to connect to your spirit guides. Third, you may want to be of service to the spirit. Sometimes we connect to our guides not to get something from them, but to help them in some way by doing things that only we in physical form can do, taking action or sharing a message, for example. And finally, you may just want to connect to your guides to develop new spiritual friendships or to rekindle old ones, such as the relationships we've had with friends or ancestors who have passed on. You might be curious about the spirit realm or just want to get to know them a little better. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome to have an angel or a saint or a mermaid as a friend? I mean, amazing, right? Whatever your reasons for connecting to your guides, you'll definitely want to follow a couple simple guidelines for those connections. They're really the foundation. So let's get into those no-nonsense basics. The first rule of contacting spirit guides is be discriminate. You don't leave your front door unlocked and open when you leave your house to go to work. At least I hope you don't. And why? Because you don't want some rando walking in your house like Goldilocks and eating your porridge, right? Well, it's the same with spirits. When you are inviting a spirit to work with you, you want to do a little gatekeeping. Before I do any spirit work, I always set the parameters. For me, it's simply saying, I am only inviting in spirits of the highest vibration, spirits with positive intention who can give me help and clear guidance. That's it. Just saying something short and sweet like that will keep out any mischievous tricksters or spiritual troublemakers or discontented souls. I've been working with spirits for years and years now and never have had any confusing or disconcerting messages since I've been saying this simple intention before doing any spirit work. The second rule of working with spirit guides is to let go of limited thinking. Be open to possibilities. The more magical you can make your thinking, the more magic you will see. Set a clear intention that you will get beautiful messages, signs, and synchronicities from your guides, and you will get them. If you are able to set your rational left brain mind aside for a while and see symbology out in the world, you will start to see magic everywhere. Our rational mind is so helpful when it comes to many things in life, like you know you want your rational mind in gear when it comes to crossing the street. But sometimes it likes to dominate the conversation and drown out the little quiet voice of your new connection to your spirit guides. So what does opening up your magical mind look like? Well, let's say you ask your guide for help with your abundance, and then you find a penny on the street, and your first thought is, it's a sign. And then your rational mind jumps in and says, no, it isn't. It's just a penny on the street that somebody dropped. And what's a penny anyway? That's not going to help your financial situation. And by the way, and on and on it drones, drowning out that little voice, that first sweet little message from your spirit guide. So while the rational mind is great and all, you really need to keep it in check and let your right brain intuitive mind out to play when it comes to messages from your guides. A better version of that finding a penny dialogue would go something like your magical mind saying, it's a sign, 
and your rational mind saying, no, it's not. And then you getting between the two of them and saying to your rational mind, well, thank you for your input, but I'm going to believe that it's a message from my guides and see where that takes me. If you get an interrupting message from your rational mind, you need to respectfully interrupt it right back. Another really important way that you want to be open-minded may be in which spirit guide comes to you. Remember what I said about asking for the best guide for the job to come forward. I have seen with my clients and also in my own experience that we may have an intention for one spirit guide to help with a situation and another one better suited to the job actually comes in. Like we may ask for an angel to help with our love life and then you may start getting messages from your Aunt Tilly. If your auntie shows up, that means she's the best one for the job. So be grateful and go with the flow and let Aunt Tilly do her thing. Okay, now that you know the two rules, be discriminant and set limited thinking aside, you are ready to start taking some action to reach out to your spirit guides. I'm going to be giving you a lot of different techniques for reaching out to your guides. Try the ones that interest you and watch for the results that you get. You may even want to start documenting your spirit guide adventures, writing down what you do to reach out and then the results of that contact. The first and probably one of the most straightforward ways to reach out to your spirit guides is to simply light a candle. Choose a candle color or style that is closely aligned with your intention. For example, you might choose an angel candle if you are reaching out to angels or a green beeswax candle if you're reaching out to a guide who will help with your prosperity. If you're not sure what candle is appropriate, then a natural beeswax candle dressed and blessed with spirit guide oil is always a great choice. Set the intention that you connect with high vibration spirit guides, of course, and then let them know the areas in which you'd like their help or guidance. You can do this by asking out loud or writing this on a petition paper that you place underneath your candle in its candle holder. Another way, and maybe the most famous way to reach out to spirit guides, is through a talking spirit board, or what is commonly known as a Ouija board. Yes, yes, I know what you're saying out there. Ouija boards are scary. I don't like them. They're evil. And for those of you who have had a negative experience with a talking spirit board, I totally acknowledge that sometimes you can get some downright disturbing messages. I know I have. But that was back when I was a teenager and I didn't know enough to set the parameters of my spirit encounter. I was leaving the front door wide open with an arrow-shaped neon sign that said, troublemaking spirits, come on in. And unfortunately, once in a while, that meant that some trickster spirits who enjoy playing pranks made an appearance. Now, truth be told, nothing ever came of these disturbing messages, but they did scare the you-know-what out of me when they happened. When I got a little savvier about spirit contact, I stopped leaving the front door open and installed that spiritual doorman who only let in the highest vibration spirits. And guess what happened? Once I started saying that intention before doing spiritual work, my work with the talking spirit board became amazingly positive and accurate. That's the power of your intentions and words. That being said, if you'd like to try working with a talking spirit board, but a traditional Ouija board gives you the heebie-jeebies, then there are other boards out there that may not trigger the same negative emotions. 
There are some gorgeous handcrafted one-of-a-kind boards that some very artistic people make. Doing a quick search of Spirit Board or Ouija on Etsy or eBay will totally inspire you with some gorgeous artist-made boards. There are also mass-produced boards that don't give off a spooky vibe. Two that I love and use the most often myself are the Enchanted Spell Board and the Psychic Circle. Both of these beautiful boards are filled with more than just the letters of the alphabet. They have symbols, sacred trees, astrological signs, gemstones, words, and so on. And all of these can make your spirit contact even richer. And so you can see what I'm talking about here. Check out the show notes for episode 10 at magicandthelawofattraction.com. And I'll put a link up to the website where you can see the enchanted spellboard and the psychic circle and see for yourself if there's something that you would like to try. Another great way to connect to spirit guides is to create an altar space. There are beautiful traditions in many folk religions of creating altars dedicated to ancestors. And if you're wanting to connect to your ancestors at spirit guides, this is a fantastic way to do it. While every culture that does this has their own unique spin on the ancestor altar, you can make a basic one by simply making space on a small table or a shelf in your kitchen, living room, dining room, or any room where you would invite this particular person into your home. On that shelf or table, you'll want to put down a small cloth and then a framed photograph of the person there, along with a glass of spring water. Spring water is traditionally held to be attractive to spirits. While it would be super magical for you to go to a spring and collect it, it really is not necessary and bottled spring water will work just fine. You can add a candle to your altar, a flower, some edible treats that the person liked in life, and so on. Then when you pass by the altar space or sit with the altar, send a mental message to the ancestor saying hello, telling them you love them, and so on. You can also make an altar to a spirit that's not an ancestor, a beloved pet, a saint, a historical person, a goddess, a god, an angel, and so on. And for those you can be a little more freeform. Of course, you will want to have some central visual representation of the spirit you're contacting. It can be a statue or a picture or some symbolic object. But after that, you can use your creativity. For example, if you wanted to make an altar dedicated to a wind spirit, you might place a paper fan and some feathers on it and then add an incense burner to magically access that element of air. Lighting that incense can be the daily ritual where you connect to that spirit, thanking them, petitioning them, and simply opening up to the messages that they want to give you. So whether you're putting together altars for an ancestor or for another spirit, they're a really beautiful way to say to a spirit, I'm inviting you into my home and into my life. You are making a sacred space for that spirit and spirits being of a kindly nature more often than not will accept that invitation as long as you are continuing to offer the hospitality. Another beautiful way to connect with spirit guides is to do it through journaling or what is sometimes called automatic writing. The way to do this is to get a dedicated journal or notebook, sit down, Take several deep breaths to calm and center yourself. Say your prayer or intention of inviting in only spirits of the highest vibration 
who are going to give clear and helpful answers and then begin to write. I recommend using two pens of two different colors. One color is going to be for you and your questions, and the other color is going to be for your spirit guide's answers. You can ask your spirit guide anything, but as with any connection, the questions should be respectful and not silly. What the process of this will look and feel like is you writing out a question and then picking up the other color pen and writing the first answer that comes into your mind or sometimes even letting your hand just do the writing, completely bypassing your mind. I know that sounds a little weird, but if you really work at this practice and create a powerful connection with your guides, this is what can happen. Sometimes you will get the distinct feeling that you are not doing the writing and that your answer is different than something you would have said. And you'll really get that sense that this is coming from someplace other than you, that you are being given the answer or channeling the flow of spirit, as I like to call it. Other times, you will get one of those left brain rational thought interruptions that sounds like, am I just making this up? Is this just me being crazy or delusional or grandiose? Having your rational brain interrupt is totally normal. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard of a case of a person who didn't question their messages from spirit at some point in their contact. When I was learning to connect to my guides, what I would do when that rational brain interruption would come in is instead of letting it overtake my work, I would just sort of acknowledge what my left brain said and move on. Like, thanks for your input, but I'm going to continue working here. Or, well, that may be the case, but let's see what happens if I pretend that this is true. And doing that lets you continue on without stopping the flow of those messages. So opening up to a real conversation with spirit is another wonderful and intimate way that you can directly petition your spirits and get beautifully clear answers. And by writing it all down, you can refer back to the spirit's wisdom again and again. If you want to see a reenactment of journaling to connect with spirit, I recommend seeing the movie Conversations with God. It's based on the true story of Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote the book Conversations with God. And how he wrote this series of best-selling books is doing exactly this exercise, simply writing questions to his spirit guide, God, and writing out God's answers. The whole film is up on YouTube, and I'll put a link to it on the episode 10 show notes. So, writing in a journal to your spirit guides and then writing their answers is another really lovely way that you can connect with them. And speaking of writing, another way to connect to your spirit guides through writing is to create a spirit guide letterbox. This is a little different than a spirit guide journal. In a letterbox, you are sending a message to your guides, but with the expectation that they will respond with signs, symbols, synchronicities, and so on. The things that we talked about in the last episode. It's somewhat akin to the magic spell box I talk about in episode one. You create a special dedicated spell box to connect to your guides. You can write letters or notes addressed to them in a personal way, asking them for communication, help, messages, or assistance. 
You can also write them letters of gratitude and appreciation for requests that have been answered. To do this, you would first, of course, find or create a beautiful box. Something with an angel, god, goddess, nature spirit, animal, or other representation of spirit on it would, of course, be perfect. But it doesn't have to have these symbols on it to be effective. As for me, I have a small galvanized box about the size of a filing card box. And it looks like an old time home mailbox, complete with the little red flag that I put up whenever I have a message to send out to my guides. And that's what I use. So whenever you ask something of your spirit guides, write it out in letter form. You can even put it on nice stationery and place it in an addressed envelope and then place it in your spirit guide letterbox. Your spirit guide will receive the letter and then answer your request. Look for signs or symbols showing up for you within seven days of putting that request in your letterbox. If you don't get a response to your letter from a particular guide, it indicates that there's a better guide out there to answer your letter. So you may wanna rewrite your letter, but instead of addressing it to a particular guide, address it to a spirit guide of the highest vibration who is best suited to this issue or something like that. So if you're the type of person who likes to receive messages from your guides in the form of signs, then working with a spirit guide letterbox is the perfect means to do that. And by the way, if you keep putting letters into that mailbox, it's gonna eventually get full. So what you wanna do is when those letters get answered by your spirit guides, you wanna take those letters, burn them, and then take the ashes and sprinkle them out into the wind. Another way to connect to your guides is to get a reading with a trusted reader who has the ability to connect with spirit guides. I know many times in readings, people will come to me and say something like, these weird symbols keep showing up, what do they mean? Or I keep hearing, seeing, or feeling a presence around me, who is it? Or directly ask me, who are my spirit guides? And through the reading, I can provide an introduction, in a sense, between my client and their guides so that they can develop a relationship. Going in even deeper, you can book a session with a medium, participate in a seance, or go experience a channeling session. Medium work is dedicated work just connecting to the spirit world. Many mediums connect traditionally with ancestors or people who have lived in the past, but you can find mediums who specialize in connecting to other kinds of spirits. For example, there is a spirit animal shaman slash medium whom I just adore. Her name is Carrie Hart, and her messages from spirit animals are so beautiful and spot on. She has a lovely newsletter with general messages from spirit animals, but she also does personalized sessions to introduce you to your spirit animals. And if you're interested in connecting to spirit animals, you'll definitely want to check out her website at carryheart.com. It's spelled C-A-R-R-I-E-H-A-R-T.com. I'll put the link to her website in the show notes for this episode so it's easy for you to find her. If you are interested in getting connected with a medium, find a reputable one who specializes in the type of spirit contact that you are wishing to have. Some mediums perform seances, which are group mediumship sessions, generally to contact ancestors or those who were once humans in physical form. You can also conduct your own seance with like-minded, open-minded friends. 
However, if you do so, again, it's important to invite in only spirits of the highest vibration. You can also experience spirit contact through a channeling session. Channeling is usually done in larger groups where the channeler connects to a spirit guide and channels information and answers to the group. Channelers are connecting to their guides, not your personal guides. But the messages they give and the experience of witnessing a channeler can be valuable for understanding and seeing someone connect to their guides and can show you how to connect to yours. Finally, the last way to connect to your guides that I'm going to share with you today is to connect with them through meditation. Just being still and silent opens up the place where we can hear the voice of our guides. Connecting to your guides through meditation can be as simple as asking for your highest vibration guides to connect with you and just being silent and waiting for the response. Another version of this can be connecting with your guides through a guided meditation, which means listening to a recording of someone taking you on a mental journey to meet your spirit guides. And guess what? This episode's free giveaway is a guided meditation MP3 that I've created just for you to connect with your spirit guides. Just go to magicandthelawofattraction.com, look for the show notes for episode 10 and download it. You can listen to it and use it whenever you want to connect to one of your guides. Using guided meditations are a really fast and pretty effortless way to connect with the spirit world and one of my favorite ways to connect to my guides. And I'm so happy to share this really powerful and amazing tool with you. I would love it if you would share with me the spirits you connect with and what messages you get. I want to hear all about your spirit world adventures. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. Once again, a huge thank you to Erin for her super inspiring question. If you have a question about spells, hoodoo, law of attraction, divination, and any other magical or spiritual topic, you can go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and submit your questions there. I love seeing what you're interested in. And if your question gets chosen for a future episode, you get a gift certificate to my online store, Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders an esoteric emporium, spiritual apothecary, and repository of arcane wisdom. Basically, the Parlor of Wonders is your one-stop online shop for magical supplies, tarot readings, spells, and a ton of free magical instruction. Head over to parlorofwonders.com and check it out. Thank you, thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast. Extra love to those of you who have subscribed, A second helping of thank you to those of you who have shared this podcast by posting about it and telling your friends. And a triple extra jumbo economy-sized dose of love to all of you who have left reviews on iTunes. Thanks to all of you, we are in the charts on iTunes, and that helps other people discover this show and join our tribe. And here is my weekly shout out to the following fabulous listeners who have left reviews this week. To Girl Curl, who says, I share great information in an easy to understand format. Thank you, Girl Curl. To CSU Tech 5, who says, love, love, love. Well, I send that love right back at you. To Nat Page, who says, I'm learning so much. And a little heart emoticon. I love emoticons of hearts. Thank you, Nat. 
to Girl Puff, who says, great, sincere information. Thank you, Girl Puff. I love you. To Evil Boy, who says, the topics are good for beginners and there will be something to learn for those experienced as well. Thank you, Evil Boy. I love connecting with beginners and experienced magicians. And we all just help each other along, don't we? To Michelle Macedo, who says, can't wait to start on the spells. And incidentally, I happen to know that Michelle is an amazing musician. You will definitely want to check her and her twin sister out at macedomusic.com. It's M-A-C-E-D-O music.com. Check them out. To Moni Martinez 29, who says, you are the best. No, Moni Martinez, you're the best. So I just want to give big love to all you fabulous reviewers. You are all the best. So don't forget, each week we run a contest to pick our favorite written review from the week and give that person a free 30-minute tarot reading with me. And we have a winner. This week's winner is the Zen Trickster who made a beautiful and very sweet and very detailed review and said, Madam Pamita, keep doing what you're doing. I will as long as they let me. And even if they don't let me, I'll find a way to do it. Thank you for your amazing and very sweet review, the Zen Trickster. Please send me an email so we can send you your gift certificate for a 30-minute reading. So do you want to do it again this week? I love giving away prizes. I think I must have been a game show host in a past life. So if you want to get a chance to win a free 30-minute reading, just go to iTunes, subscribe, listen, and leave a review. We'll pick our favorite written review from this week and give that person a free 30-minute tarot reading. So get your review in right away and you might win. And you know what? Everyone's a winner. Maybe I wasn't a game show host as much as a midway carny. Step right up. I've got more goodies to give away to all of you. If you head over to parlorofwonders.com, you can pick up your free copy of my gorgeous illustrated ebook, Seven Secrets to Supercharge Your Spellwork. And you get it just for signing up for my Spell a Week newsletter. The newsletter itself is awesome. I always give the directions to a new spell each week. And every week I give the link to an amazing free giveaway by one of my colleagues. That's right, folks. We're going to have a free show right here. Come on over for the big free show. This is the one you've read about, the one you've heard your neighbors talking about. And here it is, all live, right here and starting right now. What do you think? Do you think I have a future career as a carny? Ah, well, anyway, thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to next week when we'll be talking about the mystical world of spiritual incense. You will be simply amazed at all the magic you can do with spiritual smoke. Oh my gosh, I can't stop. Until next time, this is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. <laughs> <laughs>